2: Welcome to it, Roadshow Friday. We're here in La Vista at the Herdat Sports Bar and Grill. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, and you are invited up. We're here till 6. And uh, why not get a wing? Why not get a toddy? Why not get some pizza? And don't ever forget the Bang Bang Sauce. Excited to be here at the Herdat Sports Bar and Grill. And uh, that is located 12744 Westport Parkway in La Vista, just off the interstate, kind of nestled in between Embassy and Costco and Cabela. So come get your Friday night going, and uh, your place to watch Nebraska-Wisconsin tomorrow as well. Numbers to dial up here on Hale Varsity Radio, 489-1240. 489-1240. You can also watch the show, stream with us in the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at Radio. Is what you can follow to catch the replay or catch us live. We'll check in with Jacob Padilla from Hale Varsity and Herdat Sports coming up here at about 15 minutes, in hour two. Bill Dolman, as he's at SoCo, not, not Southern Comfort, but SoCo Arena, uh, he is getting ready for Creighton Volleyball tonight. So we'll get Billy D on location and then Clausburn and the Friday forecast. Plenty of room for you. Get your score predictions in the stream as well, or via email, chris at halevarsity.com. How are we feeling uh, this Friday? We were a little optimistic, most of us last Friday. Uh, I don't know the uh, temperature yet. I will gauge your thoughts, Elijah, your thoughts, Connor. I know how I'm feeling. Uh, be ready for a, a different prediction from me. Uh, later, uh, a different trend from, from past weeks, but hope everyone's doing all right. And we have put the kibosh on the roadie to Madison. Yeah. 12th hour, Elijah and I are like, you know, we, we just probably can't pull it off. I did get bar and restaurant and drinking establishment uh, itinerary from, from Barry. So I, I I have the places to go, and Elijah's like twisting an arm, can still make that flight at seven twenty tomorrow, and still be on the air for the weekend edition at four p.m. Central. Wheels are turning. It's it's too late
3: notice, Smitty. I, I, I think we're I think we're doing it.
2: a solid for the state of Nebraska, keeping you and I <laughs> off the road. And we'll see we'll see though. My little sister is en route
3: to Madison as we oh, speak. Oh, she's okay. So ba- but we'll band, see if, though, right? What? Uh, The band is not. She's going with some of her trumpet friends. Okay. Uh, It is the trumpet (laughs) trip this year. So the the entire band is not going to be there. She is going to be there. So we'll see if the herbal family juju rubs off in that way.
2: Or she's going on the road instead of you for future ball games. How
3: funny would that be if I'm stuck in studio and (laughs) Lily is on her (laughs) pregame show? (laughs) Lily, what do you think? Uh, Yeah, go Big Red. Um, Well, maybe that's a new segment for our Saturday show, a band preview every single day. You want to know what the halftime show is going to be? We get
2: Lily in here. That'd be all right. That'd be pretty good. (laughs) She would hate that. She's not
3: built for radio. No, no that's that's fine.
2: You can find Elijah on Twitter at Herbal Essence. Find Connor Clark on Twitter at C underscore Clark underscore 27. And uh, me, Chris Schmidt at Schmidt underscore radio. Kent emails in. Let's go. Let's hear those. Herbal and Schmitty NU picks. (laughs) Kent's mocking us. That's all right. But, hey, uh, Nebraska and Wisconsin, this has been nothing short of a beatdown session for Nebraska against Wisconsin. It was supposed to be fun. It was supposed to be challenging. It was supposed to be back and forth when you came into the Big Ten, and it's been anything but after that first meeting and Nebraska trying to snap a a nine-game losing streak, that has nothing to do with tomorrow other than, well, uh, the reality. Um, You can be second to last in the Big Ten West and still vying for a trip to Indy in two weeks. That is still real for Wisconsin. That is still real for Nebraska. That's real for Illinois. Iowa right now. Uh, is vulnerable, but they still somehow find a way. Wisconsin, guys, feels very vulnerable uh, on just their their whole mindset, their whole mentality. And you have the growth versus adversity discussion, and you have multiple different approaches to things. And the one thing that uh, when Trev Alberts hired Matt Rule uh, what was key was experience, but it was experience building. And it, all due respect to Luke Fickle, is as tough as that year was for Ohio State when he was the interim head coach, and then he eventually left the, the coordinator spot to, to take over Cincinnati. Cincinnati's been a program that has gone from uh, D'Antonio to uh, help me out down at LSU the head coach at LSU, Brian Kelly. Oh, Kelly. Yeah. I think it was was Kelly. I think it was D'Antonio. A couple of other guys in between. And then here comes Fickle, and good for him. He took him to a a college football playoff. But then he jumps to to Wisconsin, and there has been nothing but um, disinterest. Uh, There's been nothing but uh, questioning and, and and. that happens earlier that that can happen at one point in the season, but eventually you move on from it, good or bad and Wisconsin's still trying to figure out where, where their loyalties are or what they believe in with fickle and his program. So it could go one of two ways tomorrow as Wisconsin could, could really just take an early shot from Nebraska and, and then just, kind of limp away, or they could respond. Uh, Nebraska uh, had their call-out week uh, against Illinois. Mm -hmm. The Sunday practice, the response from Michigan, Nebraska responded the right way. Now, November's been a different story as uh, they try and uh, eliminate multiple turnovers per game. But Wisconsin hasn't responded. I thought that was their game at Illinois, where it all came together with the backup quarterback. Uh, didn't happen. They they went and uh, didn't put much up against Indiana. They got destroyed last week. So they've been hollered at by each other. They've been hollered at by their coach. And do they come back the right way, ready to inflict pain on, well, it's Nebraska. You know, you beat them nine straight, and you've uh, made it uh, kind of a, a laughingstock ball game, not recently per se in, in, in Madison. Uh, last year was uh, – crazy comeback by Wisconsin in the fourth quarter. So I wonder if this is the year Nebraska gets over the hump against Wisconsin with all they're up against uh, physically and, and emotionally, or if, you know what, Nebraska is still just their, wor- their own worst enemy. And, and, that, I, and that's really what it kind of comes down to to me tomorrow.
3: And, and my thought on this game is similar to something I said before the Michigan State game, and, and that is can Nebraska get something to go right early in order to, to really make Wisconsin feel down on themselves. They couldn't get that against Michigan State. Michigan State had good vibes early in that game, and you saw how they fought through all four quarters for that. Because Nebraska doesn't get that shot. I mean, I think everybody sitting around here, you, Connor, myself, all know that this will be a fourth-quarter game. That's mm-hmm. how Nebraska plays. That's how Wisconsin's most likely going to play. There's going to come a moment in this fourth quarter, in all likelihood, where you're, as a Husker fan, are going to be sitting there, and you're going to say, Man, the defense needs a step up and make a play. Whether Nebraska has a three point lead, whether Nebraska is down by three, whether it's a tie ball game with four minutes left to go. Go get the football, the score. There's going to come a moment in this fourth quarter, in all likelihood, where Husker fans are going to need a big play from the defense. That's how it's gone in just about every single win so far this year, where you know what? The offense just turned the football over. There's a chance for this momentum to go Wisconsin's way. You need a play from the defense. That is, in all likelihood, what is this game is going to be tomorrow. But my question is, is can Nebraska, for once this season, get Wisconsin out early. I don't know how they do it because I don't think it's going to be the offense making a big play. I think there's way too many question marks on that side of the ball who the quarterback is going to be, what your game plan is going to be tomorrow. Can Nebraska finally commit to the run? Is this a game where you can do that, where Marcus Satterfield feels comfortable doing that? With so many question marks, I think a big play in the first quarter would have to come from your defense or your special teams, but if Nebraska doesn't get that, this is going to be a game where you're coming down to it in the fourth quarter. It's a close ball game, and Nebraska needs a big play from the defense, and that's probably what it's going to come down to. Nebraska either needs a huge play from the defense or the special teams in the first quarter to, to convince Wisconsin that you know what, this isn't going to be your day either, it's time to roll over, or they're going to need it in the fourth quarter to put this game away and give Nebraska that late momentum that they need to carry them over the line. It's, it's going to be one of those two stories tomorrow. I don't know which is it's going to be, but something tells me the fourth quarter making a big play from the defense is probably going to be more likely.
2: Kent follows up with his fear of our predictions later weak locker room cohesiveness doesn't supersede aggressive play calling causing four to five turnovers. (laughs) That's very true. Very fair. I wonder if there's a, uh, uh, a little bit of caution and that can be viewed as smart football, not passive football tomorrow for Nebraska. Uh, nu Grandpa says if the offense holds on to the football, that's the big play. Yeah, He's right. That's 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 absolutely a thousand percent. Nu Grandpa. Well, and it, it's it's easier said than done with this football team, Connor. Well,
4: that's the problem. I mean, you you want to talk about a big play? I mean, just talk about holding to the football. And I know that's something that's. Kind of annoying to talk about at this point. I mean, it's all been offense. Hold on to the football. Don't turn it over. Run the ball. This, this. Like, it's annoying, but it's true. We talked about it this morning with Mitch. He said Nebraska is minus five in the turnover margin in their last two games. They've lost by a combined six points. How do you take care of the football? At a night game, in an environment that's going to be more juiced up than Michigan State was, let's be honest. Yep. Sure. In, in a game that has stakes for both teams. So, how do you take care of the football? You just football? do it.
2: You just do it. But they you, clearly you have the not, ball not been able, able to. Yeah, like, you run the seriously. ball on third and throw
3: it long and punt it away. Brian Bushidi might be one of the more important players for Nebraska on the field tomorrow. Well, he
2: needs to, to bring his kicking shoes with him. We can't have another road. 34 average
4: punt, 34 yards per punt.
2: Well, Anonymous gets the, uh, the honor today as first in. Uh, he checks in. We'll get to your stream comments throughout the show and your score predictions. The uh, Nebraska team would be favored over the NU 2022 and Ender firing, the NU 2017 post-Diaco collapse, and hardly any other previous NU team. Uh, so obviously there's a good chance they will win the West. You know, uh, I I don't see them going two and zero the next two weeks. They they need to find a way to get. One of the two. Well, but would that not that quarter, come at November 1st? Would that not be, like, the
3: ultimate Nebraska move based on what we've seen in the past decade, though, to go lose the two games that are absolutely disheartening the games you should be winning against a down-on-their-luck your their luck Michigan State team, a down their luck Maryland team, and then turn around and, oh, Wisconsin and Iowa, you haven't been able to beat them in damn near a decade? Oh, we're going to turn around and, and, and win both of those games. That would be a classic Nebraska move. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you look at snow in the forecast on Black Friday.
2: Mm. Get the Parker ready.
3: Does that not seem like the perfect poetic justice to the end of the Big Ten West? That hey, this game that's going to decide who gets to go get crushed by Michigan in the Big Ten title game is going to be on a snowy day in November at Memorial Stadium between, like, uh, what would that be, a six and five Nebraska team against a seven and four Iowa team? That would be ultimate poetic Iowa, justice to end the Big Ten West. I, I
2: would be at, at seven and three, I think. But yeah,
3: oh, uh, uh, if they lose to Illinois. Tomorrow, which would need to happen mm-hmm. in order for this to be a, a Big Ten West a, a possibility, it would be seven and four against six and five. And the Nebraska, with a win, would would get that tiebreaker, or the I guess the the West record, and they would take, or the overall conference record. Ah, whatever the tiebreaker it's, is. It's it's it's
2: nuts. Uh, Duck chimes in. No expectations to you, for tomorrow. Nice if they win, but will not be upset if they don't win. I think what's been maddening. For Nebraska fans, not just this year, but in in most years, as you lump them together is how they're losing. In in past years, it's been just bonehead mistakes. This is fundamental football where you're supposed to take care of it. Uh, Matthew chimes in Tuberville. Yep, Tuberville did a cup of coffee at Cincinnati. D'Antonio was there before Michigan State. Fairly certain of that. Uh, Who's giving that early shot? Not our offense. Michael's asking that question. We don't know. Uh, who's going to be at quarterback? I would put uh, Mama's money on Chuba Purdy. The bartender's
4: given that early shot. Uh, That's was given the early yes, shot. Yes, the bartender.
2: Every
3: Nebraska fan in the state is going to be yeah.
2: taking or giving that early shot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's um, it's interesting with, uh, you know, you might need lots of shots to get through tomorrow. Let's hope not. Well, I mean, it's it's one of those games where. Uh, you, you hope for the best. If you're a Nebraska fan, you're kind of expecting the worst from an offensive standpoint. It's got to stop eventually. We're we'll hear a little bit of how and why both these teams are at, at the points they're at at 5-5. Five and five. And I think you can look at Nebraska and see some growth and how they've responded well. They, they've come back the right way, even though they weren't wins the last two weeks. Uh, I know they were they were a little different looking against Michigan State, uh, but they came back the right way against Maryland. Uh, just didn't get it done. They need to come back the right way for the first time really all season long, offensively. You're still waiting on that game this year, where the offense complements the defense, not with 40 points, not with 30, but something beyond a drive and a 70-yard play. Mm. Give him a couple of drives, take care of the football, take advantage. Pin of. him
3: deep on the eventual punt.
2: Yeah, I mean, and and just get it back. And you've seen some glimpses of it, but it's been very, very spotty for Nebraska. We invite you out. We're up here in La Vista, Roadshow Friday, here at the Herdat Sports Bar and Grill, uh, uh 44 Westport in La Vista. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. Jacob Padilla on the way. It's Hale Varsity on a Friday.
5: And now.
6: And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks
2: for hanging out. Hale Varsity on the road today at the Herdad Sports Bar and Grill in La Vista. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. We welcome in Jacob Padilla with Hale Varsity and Herd Ad Sports at Jacob Padilla underscore is where you can follow him. Jacob, busy weekend. Uh, Husker volleyball in action. You got Nebraska on the way to Sioux Falls against Oregon State. Nebraska trying to stop the skid uh, against uh, Wisconsin and their uh, two-game losing streak. Let's start with football. And uh, I know you know, you've got your Magic 8 ball off to the right. Shake it, and then tell us who's starting at quarterback tomorrow.
0: <laughs> oh, geez. That's... I, I, um, I, I'm, I'm as uh, kind of in, in the dark as anybody else at this point. It it's kind of weird the way that the rule talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I we talked about obviously the the health status of Chuba. It seems like Heinrich Harvard probably isn't going to be ready to go. So it, it's I think it'll either probably be just Sims or Chubba Purdy. But you also Chubba Purdy isn't totally healthy, but ruled obviously didn't get a ringing endorsement of uh sims as the guy who is the one healthy guy in that room now so i i don't know it maybe uh i think probably uh purdy we might see um just to see what happens there as long as he's kind of recovered well enough to to be able to do what they want him to do but i i i <laughs> The way this season has gone, we'll probably see both of them uh, because I, I don't know that whoever gets a start will be able to um, hold on hold on to that job for the full, uh, full game.
3: What would your level of surprise be, Jacob, if we saw Luke Longvall on the field tomorrow?
0: I would be pretty surprised. Uh, I, yeah. I don't think they'll get that deep. Uh, again, the bus... <laughs> Unless Purdy uh, gets banged up and then Sims fumbles on his first snap and then maybe he's like, all right, you're up. See what you got. Uh, Outside of that, I don't think we we see them go that deep uh, into the depth chart.
4: Well, here's my question. How much of Sims do you think we'll see tomorrow? Because, I mean, obviously the fan base has pretty much lost trust in in him playing the quarterback position. I mean, what do you expect to see from him, if any, tomorrow?
0: I... It's so hard to make sense of this quarterback room and like what the best choice is because obviously none of them are good choices right now based on what they've shown. Um, You're basically betting on something. So with, uh, I think with the the bet when you went with Harburg was that he's inexperienced. You get him out there and he'll get better. He'll learn on the job. That hasn't really happened. He's more or less been the same player from start to finish, and defenses have figured him out uh, to a certain extent. So you haven't really seen the growth that you were hoping for when we went with him. With Sims, uh, the hope would be that whatever – the the stuff that's happened at Nebraska is just some weird outlier stuff and that he can get over it and get back to at least what he was at Georgia Tech, which was a guy uh, effective enough to hold down a starting job for multiple years there as opposed to a guy that you can't even play, which is what he's been at Nebraska. And, I mean, you saw up until the mistakes, like they, he he moved the ball pretty well when he was out yeah. there um, or the offense did with him out there until the turnover. Um, so I don't, you're kind of just baking on something that hasn't happened to this point. You're hoping that whether, I think, again, we've seen the, the bet that Harburg was going to get better hasn't really happened. Um, so do you go with the bet that, hey, whatever this, has been happening to Sims. If if we can just get him to have a successful drive, get things to go well, maybe that'll help him get over whatever it has happened here at Nebraska and get him at least back to the the, the player he was at Georgia Tech. Where yeah, still more turnovers than you like, but he but he also moved the ball and um, put up some, some pretty good numbers there. And it wasn't every other play was a turnover worthy play. Um, so that that would be kind of like if we're gonna see him, it's either. They're like, all right, we're we got no choice here. We're gonna we're gonna bet on his upside, bet that he can get back to at least where he was before he got to Nebraska. Or Purdy just isn't healthy enough to do what they need him to do. Um, that would be the other option that that would lead to us seeing Sims as kind of the starting guy and 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 the kind of full term starter for the game. That we don't know kind of what the – they're operating on a different set of variables than they've got more information. So I'm I'm assuming that's all the stuff that they're working out. I have
2: no idea. We Do we have you, Jacob? We lost you for a second.
4: can't hear him anymore. Mm. Let's try and fix this.
2: All right. We will try and get Jacob back audio-wise. Oh. Jacob, we got you. Can you hear me? now we got so you back. Jacob Adil is with us. Let's talk Nebraska-Oregon State uh, basketball for a second and uh, kind of a, a name matchup for Nebraska with Oregon State. I know uh, Creighton and, and Sparty loom. You've had a chance to see the Big Red the, the last couple of outings where defense was their calling card. And uh, what's, what's your feel on Nebraska heading up to Sioux Falls for tomorrow?
0: Well, the the good news is they've they've got Juwan Gary back in the lineup. They're as close to full strength as they've been. Uh, They've got most of the important uh, pieces back available to them. And obviously he had a a great debut um, in that first game back. So now you can start to kind of settle in and like, all right, we've got all our pieces. We can figure out what this rotation is, who the starters are, who who the finishers are, uh, how deep we're going in, in the rotation. Um, and this will be their first uh, test against uh, another high-major team, so they're going to have to go out and, and execute. You can't rely on just being the, the bigger, more talented team here. So um, it, it's, I think it's, this game comes at a good time. It was good to get uh, Gary back in that lineup uh, for, for the last game so you were able to kind of work off the rust, see, get him out there, get him some confidence. Uh, first game back out there, you've got Tominaga, who played much better in the second game than he did in his first game back. Um, so, you can kind of see what that looks like now with him as a, a focal point of the offense. Um, and now you're, and I think it's nice the first time away from home. Well, still, I'm sure it would be a home like atmosphere there because I'm going to bet that there are going to be a lot more Nebraska fans up in Sioux Falls than there are uh, Oregon State fans.
3: Jacob Bedella with us here, a Friday edition of Hale Varsity Radio as we talk Nebraska-Wisconsin as well as as some Husker basketball. And Jacob, before we talk just a little bit of Creighton to finish the segment, they had an impressive win against Iowa just the other day. I want to get your thoughts on Jamarcus Lawrence. He's a guy that feels like he, with every game that he plays, is settling more and more into that point guard role, which that was the big question mark with this Husker basketball team coming into the year. Who is going to be the point guard with with Aaron Eulis being ineligible? And and I think Jamarcus Lawrence has made a strong case. What have you made from his play at the point guard spot to start the season?
0: Yeah, um, I think we've seen some flashes. We've seen some stretches where it looked really good. But overall, he's one of the guys that really has to pick it up. Mm. Uh, For this team to accomplish their goals, they're going to have to get better guard play combined between Lawrence and... um, and Jerron Coleman there as they are both shooting very poorly from the field and their assist turnover ratio isn't where it needs to be uh, for the guys running the, the point guard spot. So um, I, I think it's it's been not, I mean, it's understandable that he's trying to feel it out. Um, it's a new position for him. And I, I, was, I was a little hesitant when um, we started hearing like that's, that was going to be the plan for them. Uh, just based on the strengths that he showed last year. didn't I don't know that they necessarily led themselves to think, oh, yeah, that guy's definitely a point guard. He's just the guy best equipped to do it of the players that they have. So um, not not surprising to see him struggle a little bit early on. You see a few um, during that uh, during that run a couple games ago where they pulled away from Ryder. Um, he had some really nice plays in transition where he, he got the out, was really pushing it up, made the right right decision, great passes to get to the right guy, took it himself uh, once or twice. Like, all right, that's what it needs to look like. Now he just has to get to a point where it's consistent and um, he's making the right play more often than not. And he has the ball go in for him because he's shooting under 30% from the field uh, through the first four games.
4: Well, Jacob, a quick thought on Creighton before we wrap it up here, as Elijah alluded to. I believe you were at the game on Tuesday. I was there as well, and something that stuck out to me and I know this is kind of Creighton's calling card but the way that they get up and down the floor so fast it's like a blink of an eye and it's an eight-zero 0 run how dangerous in the long term can that Blue Jay team be
0: yeah I actually just uh, published kind of a breakdown of the start to that second half where I mean you look at Creighton scored on 14 of their 16 possessions in a nine minute and 15 span scary dude. Scored 35 points in 16 possessions, which is just absurd. It wasn't like they got stops every time or just get runouts. Half those were off stops. Half those were off of Iowa buckets where they had to go execute in the half court and it didn't really matter. They were effect just as effective either way. So that's the thing where, yeah, they're going to, they're going to run on you. Like Coke runner got two runout uh, finishes there where he's one of the best, uh, in the country as a seven footer at, at running the floor. Um, and then they also just did a great job in the half court of executing when um, when the fast break opportunities were not there. They're really patient, and uh, Greg McDermott really stresses uh, proper spacing and great execution. And that all of that was uh, there in that run that turned that game from a tie game into a seventeen point Creighton lead. And then they're able to hold on. Um, you, you talk about pace, though. Uh, Nebraska had to run into this Iowa. They are running every single time, no matter what. Whereas Creighton will will do a bit of both. Iowa wants to run, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it caught Creighton early on. They were preparing for it, and it still gave them problems. So, obviously, we're a long way off from conference play for Nebraska, but they're going to have to be ready. Right. I think Iowa has a chance to be maybe a little bit better th- th- than people expected, considering the kind of the firepower they lost uh, with uh, without any Murray twins left. Uh, uh, you don't really have that guy to, to step in there, but it's kind of a well-rounded team, and Ben Cricky is feeling, uh, fitting in really well at that five spot.
2: Jacob, will check in with you this weekend uh, online, of course, at Jacob Adilla underscore on Twitter, and to Hale Varsity and Hurtat Sports is where you can catch Jacob's thoughts and write-ups, not only on Nebraska volleyball but Husker hoops and, of course, some thoughts on uh, Big Red football as they try and shake this streak against Wisconsin Jacob, thanks for jumping on. always appreciate uh, your time, man. All right. Talk to you guys later. There he is, Jacob Padilla with us here on Hale Varsity. And uh, we are going to get to this maybe sooner rather than later. As Cutter chimes in, Uh, Matt Rule to Texas A&M is picking up steam on the Internet. What's wrong with people? Don't that believe everything you happen. see on the
4: Internet, kids.
2: Right? Question mark, exclamation, question mark, exclamation. Uh, we'll chew on that a little bit. Uh, we'll have some thoughts from Matt Rule, not about AM, but just on uh, this build. Michigan uh, slapped. It is no longer double secret probation as uh, they have lost their linebacker coach. And uh, if you're Ernest Hausman, you're probably not real happy. Hail Varsity continues from the Heard Sports Bar and Grill.
1: Hail Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? I'm not pointing you, yeah. On Hail Varsity Radio.
2: Back with your road show Friday. It's Hail Varsity here at the Heard Sports Bar and Grill in La Vista. We're nestled right in between... Cabela's and the Embassy Suites just off the interstate. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. Uh, it is shifted from Nebraska, Wisconsin to the A and coaching search. We talked with Coach Barnett about it. One name we did not bring up yesterday with A We are talking with Barney. Was Matt Rule in Texas A and uh, Cutter in the stream, and you can make comments. You're on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel or Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed, four eight nine twelve forty the phone number. And, uh, guys, that's the vicious rumor uh, that is the, uh, the topic on message boards and Internet right now. Texas A&M, Matt Rule, what's going on? I, I don't know that anything's going on. If I'm Texas A&M, am I reaching out to Matt Rule's agent? Hell yes, I'm making the phone call. If I'm Matt Rule and Matt Rule's agent, do I take that phone call? I don't know. How happy are you here? You've put a lot of work in in less than a year. And I don't know that the timing is great for you right now. And I don't know that you'd you'd even look to leave. Um, You've done the NFL thing. You've done the uh, Temple thing. You've done the... The Texas thing already at, at Baylor, and if your a and uh, is as good a coach and builder as Matt Rule is, does A&M need a builder? I mean, they, they are stacked with, with talent. It's been a coaching and an execution thing. So, yeah, if I'm Texas A&M, texas a and am um, i am calling him. I'm getting him down here. I'm giving him his own oil field, uh, assuming that some of my other options don't work out. There's, there's plenty of choices for A&M. Uh, it just kind of comes down to uh, who wants to, to go there and, and and do the impossible, and that's win a national championship. They've, they've had as much talent and as many draft picks as some of the high-end schools the last two decades. Uh, and I'm thinking when Coach Sherman was down there, you know, the Mike Evans era, Johnny Football era, uh, that's a tough place to win and it's a tough place to live. And it's hard to coexist with some of those boosters because they have the say. I mean your your peace of mind uh right now uh for a lot of coaches that are making great money is is everything right now. And Jimbo uh got soft and was unable to, to get it done. One of Rule's dear dear friends and you know, coaching uh, kids, he, not kid, but guy he tutored and mentored is the defensive line coach down there. So Rule was asked about that on Monday, and he's really happy for the opportunity that his former assistant has at AM. That's who he said he wanted to get the job. So that, that's the extent there's been any comment. I don't know if there's any smoke there other than wishful, wishful thinking by AM. And yeah, Rule's a guy I'd absolutely call if I'm Texas m
3: I mean, think about it from from each perspective, if you will, for a second. From Texas A&M's perspective, yeah, of course you're going to want to consider a guy that has deep, deep ties to Texas, still goes and speaks to the Texas High School Coaching Association every single year, is beloved by the high school coaches, I mean, is beloved by people who just live in Texas, football fans. They still love Matt Rule down there. And you think of a builder, a guy who's gotten programs from being – Uh, From missing expectations to exceeding expectations that is Matt rule to a T. money is not going to be an issue for Texas A&M if they did want to get him out of Nebraska and Matt rule wanted out of Nebraska But that's the other side of this you have to think about this from Matt rules perspective It makes sense that Texas A&M has interest in Matt rule Does it make sense from Matt rules perspective to rip up everything you've built after a year at Nebraska to go down to Texas A&M? the advantage down there is that you have a whole bunch of money to work with with your NIL hmm. resources. That's the big advantage with Texas a and over Nebraska. I mean, at this point in time... That and the, talent. The, well, the, the Big Ten and the, the SEC, vicinity, of the talent. In, in terms of, of what type of conference you're playing in, the Big Ten and the SEC are both very high-profile conferences. I mean, in terms of expectations, pretty similar. You're going to want to be going 10-2 and two every single year by the time you have that thing built and you want to be in contention for an SEC or a Big Ten title game every single year. Playoff. Expectations are similar. I mean, you have the the ceiling of having uh, a team that could make it to a playoff, just in terms of resources and, and fan support, you have that kind of of possibility in both those places. The big advantage is is a you're in a recruiting hotbed in Texas, and b you're going to have nil resources to go after the the high four stars and the five stars that you want to go get. But has that ever been Matt Rule's style in recruiting? Hey, you know you know what type of kid Matt Rule loves a guy that. Wants to go play for the money and needs millions of dollars to come to your school. That's not
2: who Matt Rule no, is. Oh, he's he's like gone, gone after old three the guy. Star. Yeah, he's yes. gone after the guy that well Texas didn't want me and A and M didn't want me. So uh, let's look at Baylor. I mean, he turned out to be a good ball player. Is that a,
3: a fit for what Texas A and M wants? They want to throw their money around. They want to be a big dog in college football. That's not Matt Rule's style. Is that necessarily a fit? No one will see where this takes us, but you also have to look at where this is coming from. Message boards. Mm -hmm. Message boards. You can gain some valuable information. Sometimes there's diamonds in the rough in terms of information on message boards. But for the most part, I mean, the only source that's less reputable than message boards right now is Carissa Thompson. That's what type. I mean, maybe Carissa Thompson wrote up this report. Maybe she didn't talk to anyone. She just made it up on the spot. You need a hug today.
2: I I (laughs) I thought it was fun.
3: Hey, I love Carissa Thompson. I I support Carissa Thompson. If that actually happened...
4: I would label it as an egregious failure for Nebraska because I I don't normally like pulling this card when we talk about Husker football but at the end of the day you're Nebraska football if you can't hold on to a coach for more than a year then there's a massive problem and that's a part of the many reasons why I think that this is just not true at all Well it's it's like, probably
2: wish it's it's wishful thinking if you're uh an a&m fan that really liked what matt rule did at baylor and it's you know something you don't want to hear about but but get used to it if rule does what he's supposed to do okay there's going to be knocks on his door and that's been his history right uh he's built and left built and left and is is this where he wants to, to be long term and right now you think it is his his boss uh, got extended for eight years in Trev Alberts. I know he lost a Teddy Ball game off to Ohio State, but you're still in good with with your AD. You've, you know, five and five, could be five and seven, could be six and six, could be seven and five. But despite these last two weeks, you've done a hell of a job. Mm. And, and, and it, it's only going to, go upward arrow-wise. You've done a good job of recruiting. You've done a good job of developing. you got to ask yourself if you need to go get yourself a quarterback coach this off season and maybe reassign some folks. Or
4: a quarterback.
2: Well, that too. But other than that, I mean, you've got – you put too much – too much elbow grease in here to, to bounce out. I mean, and, and it's, it's, it's still it's the, the Penn State take, right? It,
3: it, that that's, that's it. That's where I was going to go. From from Matt Rule's perspective, with the money the Panthers are still giving you, the money you're getting from Nebraska, I don't think it comes down to dollars and cents. I think Matt Rule loves watching a build. I think he's being taken care of handsomely. Money will never be an issue in Matt Rule's life from here on out unless he makes some really, really poor decisions. The only school I worry about having the pull to be able to pull him out of Nebraska after year one is Penn State, the alma
2: mater. And, and does James Franklin get out of happy valley at some point because he's been there a decade and has it gone stale we'll continue this discussion and uh, bill dolman's coming up hail varsity on the road a friday
5: and now and
2: now back to hail varsity radio winding down this first hour road show friday heard at sports bar and grill is where we're at hail varsity radio chris schmidt elijah herbal connor clark we're talking about the uh, the message board smoke. Uh, A&M and Rule. Is A&M going to come after Matt Rule? I just don't think the timing matches up. Scott chimes in on the stream. Can watch the show, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Go subscribe to that. Uh, Texas A&M's never won crap on the field, and they never will. It's been a joke of a program wow. forever. Uh, listen, it is. it is absolutely tough to navigate down there because of their expectations, they they have an expectation of, all right, need to be a playoff team, need to, to beat Texas, uh, and you're going to get to play Texas again because you're both going to be now in the SEC next season. Um, you, you know, if you're Rule, you, you'd have a, a a defensive coordinator that was your guy down there already, and uh, it's a guy you tried to hire uh, Nebraska's in a good spot with Tony White, but you just don't want to go down that road this soon after there's been so much progress being made. What's going to be on display tomorrow night uh, could be the difference in the the game against Wisconsin is that that camaraderie, that relationship building, and uh, that, that chemistry. That is super, super key. From a quarterback standpoint, A&M wants some flash. They want some buzz. They want Johnny Football 2.0 throwing it around for half a hundred a ball game, and they want Garrett Miles coming off the edge for about four sacks a ball a game. And every game needs to be about forty-five to three, then they're happy. And you need to beat LSU every year. You need to beat. You need to beat Alabama every year. You need to beat Texas every year. At worst, go two and one, and they're going to run you out there, give you a blank check, and kick you, and not hug you, say thanks for trying. It's it's an it's intense down there. I mean, think about it, man. I mean, th- th- there's there's so much oil money down there that yeah, you can you could uh, you could bathe and go Scrooge McDuck in money. But I mean, that's it's all about peace of mind to me and, and what's what's winnable down there, what's appreciated down there, and that's why if I'm Dabo, I, I don't look at it. If I'm Urban, I might want to get back in. I don't look at it. If I'm the uh, the University of Texas San Antonio coach, abs- I think he's great. Uh, but I don't know that's even a big enough splatch, and, he, and he's probably a good coach. last thing I'll say is if you're Rule and you really wanted to get back to Texas, you could have waited. Yep. You could have waited and, and then looked at the job market a year later.
3: I mean, you, you've heard about it in relationships. You've, you've seen it in your life among your, your friends or whatnot. Right person, wrong time. You can sure. see that sometimes, and that's kind of what this Texas A&M opportunity feels like to me for Matt Rule is like I'm sure Matt Rule would love to be back in Texas. I don't think this is the right time for Rule to, to make that move down to Texas and, and, and get it started at Texas A&M. Um, it, the fit is there from Texas A&M's point of view just because of his connections in Texas and how they want to win mm-hmm. football games. Matt Rule does that generally, but Matt Rule loves the build. He said that so many times before. Like the, the, what makes the job in college football worth it to him is watching guys who haven't won before make that, that switch and start winning football games, start playing like a football team, start playing winning football, at least uh, the Matt Rule brand of winning football. That's Matt Rule's favorite part of coaching college football. I think that's why you see him build up Temple and leave and go to Baylor. Build up Baylor, leave and go to the Panthers. Doesn't work out. You come back to Nebraska so you can build it up. He really, really enjoys that aspect of things. And I don't think he's going to give up after one year when you're right before a period where you could be seeing those results come back to the field. And you can see these guys that have been here start winning the football games they should be doing. It's not Matt Rule's style to leave right now. That's my humble opinion. Maybe the right opportunity would do it. I don't think Texas A&M is it.
2: No, I think, I think A&M would be a, a headache and... Uh, the last two coaches there won at a pretty high level, and and it wasn't good enough. So, uh, <laughs> Moonbot uh, gives us the Satterfield uh, option. Satterfield can't take over.
1: He's the pride of Fairbury, an average Joe, Bill Dolman. The Professor.
7: I had a 6 ACT
2: in 1967. One time I got an A and my grandma beat me for cheating.
1: Now with Hale Varsity Radio.
2: Back into it, at Tower two. It's Hale Varsity Radio here at the Herdat Sports Bar and Grill in La Vista. We check in with Bill Dolman, set to be doing volleyball tonight. Uh, Creighton uh, in action as uh, Billy D. your courtside shortly. I think it was Civic,
6: is that right? No, uh, <laughs> I wish it was the old Omaha Civic Auditorium. Well, that would bring back some days, wouldn't it? It would. Let's see if I could uh, pick up my lost Motley Crue, Osborne ticket from 1984. Uh, <laughs> and then stay at the Red Lion. Yeah. I right, know uh, we're at Sokol Hall tonight, uh, Nebraska Public Media, Creighton and Xavier. This is the final weekend of Big East play. And Creighton's going for its 10th uh, consecutive conference uh, championship and what, 10th in the last 11 years or something. They've they've dominated the volleyball side of the Big East like the men have dominated the basketball side in recent years. So looking forward to that. And they are out for revenge against Xavier, who beat them for the first time ever when they met back in September.
2: That has been on the the locker room wall as a reminder. I don't know if there's as many (laughs) posters up in the Creighton Volleyball locker room as there are in the Nebraska locker room, as uh, that was not put up by Coach Rule by members of the, of the football team, uh, nine times, nine in a row, uh, the old Ferris Bueller line. I don't remember Ferris being gone nine times. Well, uh, <laughs> Nebraska has not handled uh, Wisconsin since uh, the White Album, I, I think, uh, from the Beatles, at least in Camp Randall. Uh, you have to go back to the ugly uniform game in 2012. All right, let's talk about being due. Uh, yes, Nebraska's due. Wisconsin's been a, just a train wreck this year, and they're working and talking about buy-in in Week 10.
6: You know, the the comments that I can't remember the, the, the player from Wisconsin who made them last weekend after their, their loss to Northwestern, you know, that was just almost despondency and uh, uh, lost, you know, as to what has gone on. And it was kind of depressing. I, yeah, is, as a as a football fan and you know, somebody who likes to you know watch, you know what Wisconsin has built and the way they play in the Nebraska mold under Barry Alvarez, they just seem like you know they are wandering in the wilderness right now. And of course, they'll probably put it together for one last uh, go around on Senior Day at Camp Randall. And instead of you know playing, might as well jump by van halen they will actually (laughs) jump around again in the the third quarter but um it it, it's really surprising how that thing has turned out with luke fickle in year one i think we all kind of thought well why are you going to do the air raid at wisconsin but surely you're not going to just force it in there right Mm. no they're pretty much going with the whole bill callahan to nebraska uh, blueprint just jamming it right in there and seeing what happens
3: Bill Dolman with us here, a Friday edition of Hale Varsity Radio as we look ahead to Nebraska-Wisconsin tomorrow night. Bill, he's going to be on the call for Creighton Volleyball tonight. And Bill, I want to marry those two topics together here and ask you the question, will you use the term kill more tonight or will Matt Rule use that term more in his pregame speech tomorrow? (laughs) Uh,
6: I I think that there will be just a few more kills tonight in volleyball uh, as opposed to anything of the gladiators type pregame speech that we might hear from Matt rule. But I'm sure that that, that will probably be uh, more the theme in the Nebraska locker room as opposed to just a volleyball term. How about that?
4: Well, Bill, the fact that they're putting up posters about how many times they've lost to Wisconsin in a row, rather than you're one more win away from a bowl. I mean, does that give you any more encouragement than you maybe had? And, what are your expectations heading into tomorrow night?
6: You know, maybe that is, if that's what they're doing, and motivating themselves in that way to end a nine-game losing streak, as opposed to wearing the uh, the albatross of not being in a bowl game, I think one motivates, the other just applies more pressure. And if Nebraska continues to go into football games thinking, we got to win this one to become bowl eligible, and then they don't. We got to win this one to become bowl eligible and it doesn't happen. And you have two subpar performances against subpar opponents. And, you know, I've watched the Maryland game three times now, and I cannot for the life of me figure out how Nebraska lost that game. Uh, other than some I questionable coaching calls, right? <laughs> you know, go back to that game when Nebraska scored its touchdown. Okay. Um, that was after a turnover. They got the ball, ran at six consecutive plays to get into the end zone why 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 didn't they just continue to run when they had an opportunity to score another touchdown at the end of the game but they decided we want to do we want to go to those pages in the playbook that we've got in there we didn't do them before but now we're going to do it. And, it and it was just an absolute mistake and we, we we buried it and put more dirt on it and dug it up and buried it again but it, it bears repeating you know I think by doing that, if they focus on the motivation to beat Wisconsin, that's probably healthier than you're continuing to try and figure out how are we going to become bowl eligible if this goes wrong. And and maybe that's the best psychological trick they can play on themselves, although I'm not big on psychological tricks.
2: Well, let's talk the quarterback merry-go-round, Bill, as you have a guy that's back from injury in Mordecai uh, and You know, he seems like a fit for this offense. There's knowledge about Mordecai with Rule and his staff quite a bit. Uh, Defense has got to show up. But Nebraska, we're not sure who and, and, uh, and how much. Tomorrow at 630 behind center for Nebraska, what would Bill Dolman do?
6: Uh, I would be uh, really going deep into the Luke Longball playbook to see uh, just how successful he was at in junior college. Uh, did he make the trip? By the way, are they taking four? They are QBs. Yeah, uh, he might be the only healthy one on the roster. To be honest with you, um, uh, from uh, from being on campus today, and not that anybody has any official capacity, but the buzz that I heard was that it's going to be Purdy. And I I think Nebraska goes with, that's probably the the safest thing um, that he, whatever's going on with the groin, you, you let him go as long as he can. And if he's feeling good and healthy, maybe that's a different look that Wisconsin is not prepared for. And uh, you know, he moved the ball pretty well outside that last play against Maryland. So maybe that's, maybe that's the idea. I think behind him, it's, you got to hope that Heinrich Harburg is healthy enough to do whatever he can do. Uh, I would be more comfortable with players who have physical, shall we say um, limitations, as opposed to, you know, how Jeff Sims is feeling in terms of his confidence that confidence is shaky. And he was despondent after the mistakes last week. Uh, I think it has to be pretty Harburg and then Sims or long ball actually. And I mean that I think long ball, Probably has to be in on whatever
3: the game plan is. It's Bill Dolman with us here a Friday edition of Hale Varsity Radio Bill. What's the number of carries you'd like to see for Emmett Johnson tomorrow? He's pretty clearly taken over that that running back one spot. I don't know how much Anthony Grant will see, but I think we're going to see a pretty heavy dose of, of running the football tomorrow. It's big 10 weather, a night game in November in Madison. How many carries if you were Marcus Satterfield would you be giving to Emmett Johnson?
6: Well, he wears number twenty-one. So how about that? Let's put that there Mm -hmm. for starters. Uh, I think he's he's really developed and grown this year. I've enjoyed watching him play, and his run in the fourth quarter against Maryland, I think, is is the best run we've seen from a Nebraska back all season long. Uh, He's matured. He looks comfortable in that position. Uh, I don't think he's put the ball on the ground, knock wood. Um, So his ball security is pretty good. I continue to wonder. Uh, what whatever, whatever happened to the fullback? I know Bonner scored on a on a, a re, sort of a reverse last week, but you know Nebraska is not going to go, you know, to a fullback. I guess in a in a Big Ten night game in November in Wisconsin, but I, I think the, the you know it's got to be a twenty-one plus carry day for Emmett Johnson. Behind him, I'm not sure Anthony Grant where he is with his confidence either. Uh, maybe he's got that one last burst of energy and a couple of great runs and holds on to the football and scores twice with 14 carries. Great. Uh, but I think Nebraska's probably going to run the ball at least at least 40 times. I would bet that's, that's probably the number to hit. And hopefully they do it when they get close to the goal line.
4: Bill Dolman's with us on Hill Varsity Radio. And when you talk about the rushing attack, I want to go to the other side. How confident are you in Nebraska's defense in containing Braylon Allen?
6: Well, I don't think that they have to be as concerned with you know the, the passing game like they were last week against Maryland and Tonga Valoa. And I said last week Nebraska is a three-three-five, and and it was going to be up to the five to try and stop it. And for the most part, Nebraska did outside of that two-play, sixty-nine-yard drive in thirty-three seconds that resulted in a touchdown and on the pass interference. Oh, by the way, do you think the Huskers missed Quentin Newsom last week? Mm-hmm. Well, he should be back, uh, I believe. So the secondary, I think it should be fairly strong. Um, and I think Nebraska all season long has been stopping the run. I don't know why that that should stop just because Braylon Allen may play and, and may carry the ball a lot. Um, Nebraska's I, Nebraska's defensive line, they may not have the best defensive tackle in, uh, in the league, but I think Nebraska's got the two best side-by-side. Of anybody in the Big Ten, and that includes Michigan, who fired its linebacker coach today for some reason, and Ohio State. I, I think the way Hutmacher, Hutmaker, and um, and Robinson have been playing, you know, I, I can't think of two defensive tackles who have played better together, side by side, outside of a couple of guys from Jersey 25 years ago.
2: Bill, a thought to kind of follow up on the Emmett question: Wisconsin's been dinged this year. When it comes to quarterback run, and I know that's been a a question to rule a couple of times this week in his media sessions. Uh, Again, Purdy's health, but he looked good running it three times for 33 yards last week in in limited action. Uh, Whoever's behind center, there's got to be a heavy dose of quarterback run again, doesn't there? Especially if that's something that Wisconsin really hasn't had an answer for. Well,
6: again, Purdy's... What, throwing the ball five times all season has one completion anyway. So it's not as though, you know, he's in sync with his receivers. Um, that's all. That's a whole new, you know, chemistry that Nebraska needs to develop and trying to do that at this point in the season. That's just not going to be all that easy, right? So whether it's Purdy running the option or Harburg gets in there and runs it, again, I don't know what you do with, with Jeff Sims if called upon. Uh, because he's dropped the ball, you know, fumbled it, and he's thrown it away. But yeah, I think Nebraska's quarterbacks, whoever's in there, that has to be part of the game plan. Harburg is the one who has the most reps through the air, and you know, even had an interception called back last week, as you'll recall, because of a Maryland penalty. So there should have been five. Um, but I, I don't know how you just say, well, the, the playbook, we're going to go to all of it when you have such limited reps throwing the ball to the receivers all season long with Chubba Purdy. So I think it's a heavy dose of run. And I think I think Emmett runs it twenty to twenty five times. I think if if it's Harvard, probably ten. And Purdy, ten plus. All
2: right.
6: Measure
3: 40 plus. Well, Bill, to get that quarterback run going, is it could it be as simple as going and, and installing some Wildcat this week? We've heard fans calling for it for weeks now with the play of the quarterbacks. Could it be that simple to, to just get some Wildcat looks at Emmett Johnson? Behind center and just have him take it
6: upfield? as has Nebraska ever done that? I mean, I I, I don't know. I, it, in the Riley Callahan Pellini, there was has a, there was
2: a package had, for Rex Burkhead. Know. Yeah, there was the Rex Cat.
6: Okay, the Rex Cat. You're right, Burkhead. But uh, <laughs> I suppose you could say that with Martine yeah, Taylor Martinez, that was always a full time Wildcat because he was more <laughs> of a runner than he was a thrower. Uh, and boy, Nebraska would like to have his arm right about now. Uh, sure. I, I don't know. That that sounds like those those times when I when I was working in the athletic department as a student. and I go in on a Sunday, and there'd be uh, people would post envelopes on the doors of the South Stadium, and then you pull it out, and there's 13 players on offense, and people telling Coach Osborne to run this play. Uh, I, I I'm not sure Nebraska is going to draw you know plays up in the sand or the ground up tires at this point in the season and come up with a wildcat up. Maybe they do, you know, they ran the fake punt last week. So who knows? Maybe they do something like that, but if they do, it's only going to be once or twice. That would, that would be it. You're not going to have a steady diet of wildcat with Emmett Johnson, a freshman running back. I don't care how seasoned he's become as the season has gone on.
2: Bill, uh, let's wrap with this. And thanks for making time before your, uh, Nebraska Public Media broadcast again. Catch Dolman tonight doing Creighton volleyball against Xavier. We need the, uh, the the Bill Dolman, Pride of Fairbury Husker prediction tonight. Line is minus five and a half Wisconsin.
6: Five and a half Wisconsin.
2: Has that moved significantly recently? It dropped. Yeah, it dropped uh, to from seven to four and a half, and now it's up a point.
6: But that that changes everything for me. I <laughs> uh, I mean, I I think Albano's going to be have a big game for Nebraska. I think they'll be relying on special teams. So I I think you're looking at Nebraska, for, for not probably 87 to uh, 22. Really? You think that? Badger yeah. Going to give them up that many points. points? Okay. Yeah. You know, uh, if Allen plays, that yeah they might catch him um, by surprise. Well,
3: Quickly, give me the rationale. Why does Wisconsin go for two to get to twenty-two points? Because I said so. Yeah, that's it.
6: They can't go <laughs> yeah,
3: for three. It's worth it. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, is the answer. Yeah. Bill right. Dolman, Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, and uh, the professor at Bill Dolman on Twitter, Billy D. Will check in soon. Thanks for the time.
6: All right, boys, go big red.
2: Good to spend time with Bill Dolman, Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, on the call for Creighton volleyball tonight. On the Nebraska Public Media. So, if you're watching some volleyball, check Bill out tonight. Quick timeout. Open phones here as we're at the Herdats Sports Bar and Grill Roadshow Friday here in La Vista. Hale Varsity, and we're powered by Cornhead Lager.
6: And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio.
2: Back here, Hail Varsity continues Roadshow Friday at the Herdat Sports Bar and Grill. And uh, you're invited out. If you can't make it today, we're here till 6. Uh, be sure to think about it. Swing on by for Nebraska, Wisconsin tomorrow. 12744 Westport Parkway uh, in La Vista, just off the interstate. So uh, make your way this way and make sure you buckle up. And uh, coaches make substitutions during the game to get the best player on the field. Getting behind the wheel after drinking also demands a substitution. Impaired driving is deceptively dangerous. A message from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. 489-1240. 489-1240 to get in. Can get to some emails as well. Chris at HaleVarsity.com. More comments and stream comments will be. Get to in uh, just a short order. The uh, other national news, the identity of Uncle T, the booster who allegedly helped fund the Michigan sign-stealing scandal, is believed to be Tim Smith, a board member of the Michigan NIL Collective Champions Circle, not Uncle T as in Tom Brady.
3: That would have been really fun, though, right? And there's no relation
2: between Uncle T and Mr. T? There is not. Okay. One uh, pities the fool and and beat Rocky. Uh, So the uh, smoke today, and it's been message board smoke that's kind of dominated the last 45 minutes, uh, has been the suggestion by somebody on a message board that Matt Rule and A&M could be a thing. I don't think so to kind of reset that. I know Nebraska fans don't like hearing that, uh, especially uh, when you think of good old Ray Childress. Rob Childress, not Ray. Uh, Ray played for the Houston Oilers. Wrong Texas team. Uh, But Rob going down there for Husker baseball. Todd writes in, he won't leave, but Rule is a Texas guy with recruiting, and all A&M needs is a great manager. That's him. And they win a title. And you just wonder about Nebraska's ability to win a title. Uh, That was how Todd finished the email up. And no, the the build part is really what kind of cranks up Matt Rule, and that's the 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 process of it. And you know, if you look at Lincoln, Nebraska, and College Station, there's a fishbowl. There's intensity. There's expectations, but your expectation and timeline is a little more graceful here in Lincoln. And and I think folks have reassessed. Despite some frustration with play calls or results, this team looks better. For sure on the defensive side of the ball, uh, better, more competent in special teams, and you're just not in a good spot quarterback-wise. But all offensive line play and philosophy, when you stick with it, to run the football and ground and pound is music to Nebraska fans' ears. And,
3: and it's, it's what Matt Rule wants to do, and are, are you going to – have the ability to do that tech Texas m Sure. Is that what the fans want to see? No, problem. They just not. want to win, and they want to win by a lot. And, and, and like, what gets Matt Rule's juice? Like, We talked about the build, like the development side of things. Who has Matt Rule talked about among his former players more than anybody else? It's probably been Hassan Reddick. Hmm? Because that's what, Temple dude. that's what gets Matt Rule out of bed in the morning. The thought of finding that diamond in the rough type guy, developing into something special, seeing something that no other coach in America sees, and say, you know what, kid? You're an outside linebacker. We're going to get you rushing the quarterback. Nobody else sees it, but we do. That's what gets Matt Rule out of bed in the morning. That's what he comes back to. That's what makes coaching fun for him, and that's not what a, a job at Texas A&M is going to be a lot of. Sure, there might be the one or two guys a season that are diamond in the rough guys, for, but for the most part, Texas A&M, their donors, their fans, they want five stars to come in and play like five stars for four years and get you to a, a national title game, and Would Matt Rule do fine with that? Yeah, I'm sure he would be. I think he's a pretty good football coach, and I Mm -hmm. think he could find a way to to get the talent out of the five stars. It's not hard to do. But that's not what gets Matt Rule out of bed in the morning. What gets Matt Rule out of bed in the morning is the thought of the development and the build and showing these guys how to win football games and taking that – under-recruited guy and making him play like a five-star. These are all the things that Matt Rule wants to have in a football job because it's what he likes to do, and it's things that you wouldn't have as much of at Texas A&M. And, and simply put, I think the main draw to Texas A&M at this point in time for Rule would be the money side of things, but I don't think he needs money. I don't think that's what his main concern no. is I don't think right he's now. driven
2: by money. No. I mean, he's got a lot of it. I'm not trying to count his bank account, but he's done really well in coaching, all right, and he's and he's earned it because he's won a lot of spots. What makes him different and desirable, if I am at A&M or if I am at a a, a spot in college football that needs resuscitation or at least to be relevant, I mean, the, the end game is very similar. Nebraska needs to be winning and relevant again, just like Texas A&M desires. Now, A&M finished number, five, number four in the country during covid uh, they, Jimbo's just a different dude, and he's probably all good. I mean, he's not soul-crushed or hurt that he left. He's probably like, good, good riddance. Let me just go buy an island and hang out. But the topic here of, uh, what, you know, we get back to Nebraska-Wisconsin, what, what's going to be super appealing and, and one of those traits that makes Rule special Is that adversity piece and how he's able to get teams to respond to adversity uh, in a year one setting? And what's nice about this year is you're you're plus four already compared to previous years, and you're you're starting at at a different point in Lincoln, a little bit from from rule yesterday on the the topic of adversity because that's really what you know how you handle the adversity. Nebraska's In the midst of it, losing two in a row, but a different form of adversity than what Wisconsin's dealing with, and that is doubt.
5: I think we just kind of take the... We don't probably take the outside approach of it, that that this is adversity. And I think we see everything as growth. Obviously, we want to win games. When we've won games, we try to be honest about where we are. And when we've lost games, we try to be about honest about where we are. Um, You know, I think all of our guys are really aspiring to to win here, get to a bowl game, eventually win a championship, and go on and play in the NFL. And so when they see themselves growing and getting better, even if it hasn't reflected on the scoreboard yet, I think it's very tangible. And so um, I think there's a, a really nice... Brotherhood. Um, I think there's a bunch of guys who've been together for a long time. I think they've battled adversity in the past, um, and so they're good at that. You know, I challenged them this year to be able to handle prosperity. You know, it wasn't too long ago we were talking about a three-game win streak, and I kept challenging them to be the same team every day. And so this is kind of where we are right now. It's a fun. It's really actually a fun place to be when you go into every game knowing that hey, you know what, we're going to have a chance to win it, but we, you know, the other team has a chance to win it. and We're going to battle and. Um, get to that point. I mean, I, I I love our guys. I love the way they they respond to each other, have each other's back. I think it'll be really important. Obviously going to Camp Randall stadium, you know, playing on national TV, playing in the cold, which obviously the cold is nothing for us, but you know, I think it's, it's, you know, it's going to take, it's just gonna be just us, you know? And so that'll be a, that'll be, that will be a lot of fun. And I've, I've really, really enjoyed the guys this year. I mean, when you walk in this building, I think everyone, everyone absolutely knows what's happening. And everyone, at least what I see, everyone knows the growth that we're making. And, um, you know, as I tell our guys all the time, you know, overnight success takes a long time. And everyone looks up and says, wow, how'd that happen? You know, Ron Brown reminds me sometimes about Coach Osmore's journey. And you look back in history and you see the three national championships and all the things. He talks to me about a lot of the ups and downs and adversity and, you know, some of the things that have happened. So I just... Uh, I just really credit our guys that they've stayed kind of locked in and stayed tight and kept it about us and that's what we'll need this week.
2: doesn't sound like a guy who's looking elsewhere no. or would or would entertain there being an elsewhere Colin our friend in South Bend, checks in and uh, to his point says yep a m's looking at the one hundred and fourteenth ranked offense that leads the nation in turnovers and says <laughs> yep Need that here. Now, the offense won't always be like that.
3: But, but I mean, even the fact that this is out there just kind of shows, I think, the respect because typically in stories like this that get this big.
2: We wouldn't there, talk that much about it. Th- I mean, there there would be a
3: little bit of smoke. I mean, this is a different
2: animal because of the, 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 the checkbook.
3: I mean, I, I don't think this is a serious possibility for yeah. A&M truly, but I believe there's probably genuine interest from Texas A&M. It makes sense for them to, to go – uh, cover their bases, cross their T's, dot their I's, and Matt Rule's a hire that would make sense down there, and I, I think that speaks to the respect that Matt Rule still carries in college football, that, hey, despite the fact Nebraska's got the 115th-ranked offense in the country with awful turnovers, there's still a lot of respect They can for still Matt Rule. get
2: the West. I mean,
3: you, you hear it from the coaches Nebraska plays, from coaches across the country, guys like Urban Meyer. There's a great respect for what Matt Rule is building at Nebraska right now, despite the fact that the offense looks atrocious right now. I think a lot of people around the country see what he is building and see that this Nebraska team this year is different than it's looked for the past about seven seasons. Sure. And I think they all expect what is coming from Nebraska, which is likely, down the road, more wins than what we're seeing this year. I think it just speaks to the confidence that there is in college football, that you know what, Matt Rule has Nebraska pointed in the right direction.
2: Well, You're going to see good football. You're going to see good football. I think that if
4: Rule really entertain this too, and I'm not saying that he is, but – it would kind of go against a lot of what he's done in Lincoln already. I mean, he... What he said. Yeah, what he said just in that clip that we just played and then things that he said about him and his family really embracing the community. I mean, he's seen everywhere. You go back to last winter, he's at PBA every other day, it feels like, getting cheers. So uh, I, I feel like that would go against a lot of what he's said and done in Lincoln already. He's tried to really throw himself into the community and into the culture that is the Midwest and is Nebraska. So I think you you combine that with it being his first year, he doesn't need any more money. That's not what motivates him is what Elijah said. He loves developing players. That's something that is the bedrock of this Nebraska football program. It just doesn't make sense. So I I think that this is a a pretty far-fetched message board rumor, but hey, it's something to talk about.
2: A&M wants it. They want to snap their fingers and have it microwaved. Ready now. To do it. And guess what? I mean, they, they've got some dudes down there. It's just been a nightmare with what's been handed out NAL-wise and what they've gotten in return on their investment. Uh, how does that sound familiar? I mean, it's, it's been that way for one spot for Nebraska quarterback. Do we have time to, to talk three uh, quarterback rotation here from Rule?
4: Uh, we're going to be cutting it pretty tight. Aye. All right. Well, ah. I apologize. Maybe
2: we can get in there uh, if we get through the and, forecast. And we hit the quarterbacks hard all week long. I, I don't you know. Think... You know as well as we do that guess we'll, we'll know the starter. We, we can play starter. tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I mean, Four to six tomorrow. I mean, yes. With
3: the quarterbacks, what are you expecting tomorrow? I mean, we're probably all right that it's going to look rough no matter who's Fumbles. on the field. It's not going to be perfect. There's going to be <laughs> at least one turnover, if not multiple from the quarterback spot. Maybe we know what to expect from the from the quarterback spot tomorrow, and I don't think that the quarterback spot is the be-all end-all. You need a great day from the defense, a great day from the special teams. Running game. You need a great day from Emmett Johnson, the offensive line. It's not going to come down to the quarterbacks tomorrow to win the don't football game. Don't let As long as they aren't the ones that are turning the football over five times. An offensive game plan, you said, don't let the quarterback be the one who loses the football game for you tomorrow.
2: Let him manage whoever it is. Pretty. And uh, hand it off. Make some throws that are called. Just be smart. Mm -hmm. Play smart football. Make smart play calls. Uh, How smart are we going to be with our projections and predictions? Friday forecast is on the way. We'll check in with Claesburn to Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow here at the Hurt At Sports Bar and Grill.
6: And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio.
2: Back with you, at Hale Varsity. We're on the road here at the Herd Ant Sports Bar and Grill, a Friday road show. As uh, just a reminder, weekend edition tomorrow, 4 to 6. So we take you right up till about a half hour before kickoff and then Real Red Reaction. That follows as uh, we'll be on around 10 p.m. recapping Nebraska and uh, what happens in Madtown, Wisconsin and Nebraska. We'll uh, jump in here with the Friday forecast here shortly, and uh, see if Claus. Rumor has it, Clausburn is also interviewing at Texas A and M. No, good for him. Right? Yeah, I wow. mean, that's that's uh, that's a raise for Claus. I mean, we kind of will pass the hat from time to time for Claus to get bail money for him. <laughs> <laughs> You know, or or get him some antacid with all those swallowed balloons. It's uh, problematic. But there's a there's, there's a
3: there's a Texas A and M like yell leader joke somewhere in here for Claus. is. are trying to find
2: it. Yeah, I know Claus. I have what,
4: big news.
2: Do we have Claus? He, he? is it,
4: imaginary and he wears red and he is currently present on the phone line.
2: There he is. Let's get into Claus. Claus, are you a- interviewing at A and M? Well. Maybe. Am I on? You're on. Are you, uh, Claus, are you interviewing at A&M?
7: Well, that's on the agenda for next week. This week I was uh, talking to my tax man trying to figure out if all these giveaways that our quarterbacks are uh, committing are tax deductible. So (laughs) I apologize for that meeting running a little bit long.
3: Well, Well, you wouldn't think you, with all those, those runs across the border you make, that's tax free, right?
7: Well, one, one would imagine, uh, but apparently customs are still a thing even when you travel like a claw. <laughs> I
2: love it. Claus. let's get into the Friday forecast. Utah, Arizona, minus one, Wildcats. Probably the hottest team in the Pac-12, not named Washington or Oregon State. Give me Utah. Give me the Utes outright. They made me look all right last week with a cover, but I called an outright win. They owe me. 28-27, uh, give me the Utes, says Joe Pesci. What do you say, Elijah? This line indicates that Vegas would favor
3: Utah on a neutral field. I don't think Arizona's home field advantage is anything special. Therefore, for that reason, I am taking Utah to win this one. Let's go 27-20. to 20, The Utes get the win.
4: All right, what do you say, Connor? Utah keeps letting me down this year, guys. I'm going to go with Arizona. I think they win a pretty tight ball game. I'm going to go the Cats,
2: twenty-seven to twenty. All right, Claus, what happens here, Utes or Wildcats? Well, of course, this is the last time these two programs will
7: face each other as members of the Pac-12. They'll be doing it in the Big 12 in the future, I believe. But one thing I want to talk about with you guys is everyone seems to be referring to the remnants of that conference as the Pac-2. Of course, Oregon State and Washington State. But I propose that we change it to the two-pack. Because, well, now that I think about it, I say it out loud. It makes little sense because California leaving the conference has clearly forgotten how to party. So I see no changes. <laughs> Well,
3: the the, the two pack could work though because it's soon to be dead, or it is dead. Mm, mm. Wow, wow!
7: If wow. You, or so the Germans would have us believe. <laughs> <laughs>
2: what? Klaus, what, What's the score? Uh,
7: I didn't even think about that. I'll, I'll, <laughs> who said Utah would win?
2: All of us. The no, I Connor.
7: <laughs> well, I'll err on the side of Connor. I'll say Arizona gets the upset, twenty-one, and Utah seventeen.
2: All right, uh, Illinois at Iowa, minus three. That's the line, not the over-under. Uh, Illinois is playing good football. And just for wishful thinking, because I want Black Friday to have a little more giddy up, uh, give me the Illini, 10-7. to 7. Sweet revenge for Burt over Iowa. Yeah, God has a sense of humor, and for that reason,
3: I think the Big Ten West and its swan song will come down to a snowy game at memorial stadium on black friday with a total set at 15 points that'd be a perfect way for the big 10 west to go out i think illinois needs to get it done for that reason i think god wills it into existence i think the illini win this football game 14 to 9 connor
4: yeah i kind of agree illinois has been playing some pretty good football as of late i think they go into uh kinnick stadium and beat kind of a depleted iowa team even though they keep finding ways to win i'm gonna go Illinois 17, Iowa 7. A scoring explosion, it can Wow. Yeah.
2: Clouds, Iowa, or
7: Illinois? Well, as some gambling sharps have said, and I'm not sure if this is true, but the wise guys generally give a team three points just for being the home team. So with Iowa only favored by three, that suggests that Vegas thinks that Illinois and Iowa are pretty evenly matched, which kind of sounds crazy but no more crazy than expecting Iowa to be able to score three. So I'm going to take Illinois in this one, 13, and Iowa 10.
2: Kansas State, minus 9.5. KU's playing with a third-string quarterback, and Vic is here with his sweet German Shepherd. I love it. Um, I like Kansas. I know it's a third-string quarterback. I think home field's a difference. For sure, give me the points. But I like KU over K-State. I'm about it.
3: Uh, I am going to take Kansas State to win this one. I think the line's too high. Nine and a half is, is rough. I think Kansas State wins this game. I don't think they cover. Give me Kansas State win,
4: 31-24. I also agree. I think the spread is a little bit too much. I'm going to go Kansas State by a touchdown, 28-21.
2: Claus, who you got, purple or blue?
7: Well, it's funny, this battle for Kansas, it's funny that Elijah brought up how much traveling I do. I have to tell you, boys, I I really don't know that there's a winner here, having traveled through Kansas as much as I do. The loser or the winner both still have to live in Kansas. Talk about a boring drive, even with the miracle of the way us clauses travel. So I guess the... uh, the uh, tallest little person here will be Kansas State,
2: 31, and the Jayhawks, 28. Let's squeeze in Washington at Oregon State. Is this the week? I think too much Pennix. I think too much Washington. Uh, 31-28 win outright by the Huskies over Oregon State.
3: Yeah, uh, this line feels a little bit weird to me. I think mm-hmm. Oregon State is very good. I don't think they're Washington good. I think Washington wins it in a tight football game, 31-30. to
2: Connor.
4: Yeah, I think Washington wins this game as well. I don't know why they're underdogs. I'm going to go Washington 31, Oregon State 28.
2: And, uh, Claus, what do you say?
7: Well, I agree with Elijah. Oregon State's been pretty good. Washington been kind of teetering. I think it's going to be tight, but I think a big night from Pennix will pound the Beavers into submission, and it'll be 31 and 27 for Oregon State.
2: All right, he is going with Oregon State.
7: He went there, too. He
2: did. A quick yeah. pause as we'll rejoin Claus as the Friday forecast continues. And we'll have the Nebraska-Wisconsin predictions. And uh, that will wrap us here shortly as we're here at the Herd At Sports Bar and Grill in La Vista. Reminder, weekend edition of Hale Varsity Radio tomorrow. Four to six catches before kickoff then Real Red Reaction follows. You can check that out uh, on the uh, stream as well, Hail Varsity YouTube channel and uh, KFOR locally. So, more with Claus, Nebraska, Wisconsin, predictions next.
5: And now,
6: and now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. All right, Friday forecast
2: continues. One final time here at the Hurdat Sports Bar and Grill. Come on out. Check out Nebraska-Wisconsin tomorrow at the Hurdat Sports Bar and Grill. We wrap up the Friday forecast, and it is Nebraska v. Wisconsin. That line is back up to six, and all will get things kicked off. Nebraska finds a way. They get to six. They stay in the west race, assuming Iowa Uh, Stubs their toe and uh, sets the scene for next Friday, Black Friday. I think Nebraska gets better play from from Chubba. I think a big day from Emmett. And the defense does their thing. Wisconsin just needs a reason to say uncle. Uh, Huskers 13, Wisconsin 9. I think
3: picking a big day from Chubba is a bold prediction, maybe the boldest take we've had today, Schmidty. So, Not sure I'm with you there, but I do think this Husker football team is due, dare I say, despite all the turnovers. The turnovers are the number one thing that shoot yourselves in the foot and give you no chance of winning, but this Husker football team is due for a win in Madison. Uh, I think Wisconsin's offense really struggles when they're forced into being one-dimensional. Nebraska's defense can do that, combined with the fact that Braylon Allen, his injury issues are still up in the air at this point. I think the Husker defense can shut down the Wisconsin offense. It's ugly. It's gross. It's Big Ten West football in November. But I think Nebraska ekes out a win in Madison. Give me Nebraska 14 and Wisconsin 10.
2: What do you say, Connor? I
4: hate to disagree with both of you, but I'm going to disagree with both of you. This quarterback room has given me little to zero confidence in that side of the ball. I know you know, they need to have a good r- rushing attack to try and win this game, but you go into a night game at Wisconsin, I just am having a hard time seeing it happen with the state of the offense. I'm going to go Wisconsin 17 and Nebraska 14.
2: Three-pointer, says Connor, with Bucky. Do the honors. Nebraska or Wisconsin, the line is minus six.
7: Well, first of all, Connor, I'm so disappointed. I agreed with you most of the day. (laughs) And now I've got to go. We were all rooting for you.
4: I'm sorry. (laughs) I'll try and be better next week.
7: You better hope so. (laughs) Well, Christopher, we've been doing this Friday forecast in the holiday list for a long time now. And pretty much every year since we started, I think we've been playing Wisconsin. And every year, people expect me to point out that their fan base is filled with folks with a relatively rotund uh, physique and an inordinate amount of body hair. And due to their diets and their overall rotundness, they seem to sweat a lot. And that smell comes back in the form of stale Leinenkugels. Bratwurst and overprocessed cheese, and their husbands, of course, are no better. <laughs> but I'm not going to do that this year because I'm too classy. So I'll just leave it with from with a quote from the great American philosopher Walter Sobchak, as edited by TBS. Forget it, dude. Let's go bowling.
6: Nebraska wins
7: 17, and Wisconsin 13.
2: Claus says the big red by four. 1713. Claus, behave yourself if you find your way to College Station for an interview, all right? Okay, let's get this bread. There you go. <laughs> there you go. It sounds weird hearing a man with an old voice say that. Yeah, Just, that is. Let's weird. get this bread. Love it. Sounds weird. All right, find us tomorrow. We'll be uh, on uh, KFOR locally at 4 p.m. And, uh, for sure, the stream, Hail Varsity YouTube, Hail Varsity Radio, Twitter. Weekend edition tomorrow. Thanks for checking us out. Thanks for tuning in today on Hail Varsity here at the Herd At Sports Bar and Grill.